for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What is going on, everybody? Today is November 30th, 2021. And today's guest is my good buddy, Aaron Swan. All right, welcome to the Fall Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is 190. We are creeping up on that milestone, 200 episodes. I cannot wait. It's it's crazy that it's almost here. Um, but yes, today's episode is a great episode. I've got my best friend, Aaron Swan, on to talk about his recent trip to Kansas. This is, this is the third year that him and uh, our, our group of our buddies have went out there and hit public land, and he is three for three. Um Today's episode is basically going to be about the the ups and downs between each year and how more pressure had come into this piece of public year in and year out, how they have to adapt on the fly in the mental game. When you're when you're with 10 buddies living in a house for uh, you know 10 days, the mental game is is can be a struggle because there's people that are up, there's people that are down. So th- this episode covers a lot. There's tactics, there's mental, there's you know hunting public land out of state. Like it's a really cool let your hair down talk episode, and you're gonna learn some something as well. So that's today's episode. Um, couple things, uh, merchandise merchandise front. Uh, I did get a call today that we are waiting on a couple piece of garments and then those are getting printed. So I still, I'm you know, I'm, I'm still waiting, but a lot of people have been reaching out to me and wanting to know the status on the order and everything. Everything's in process still. It's just, everything is slowed up still. I hate saying that, but it is, it's just slowed up. I'm, you know, I've got everything in the file. Your orders are being processed. So just bear with me. I'm going to keep you updated as much as I know. So with that being said, I'm going to jump over actually and talk about Exodus trail camps, go over to exodusoutdoorgear.com and check out their cameras. Also, I mean, they put out a ton of other content on YouTube, go check out their YouTube channel, Exodus trail cams on YouTube. Um, they got a lot of product reviews. They also do a podcast. Check out the Exodus podcast. Chad and Jake, Cam, and all those guys over there, they do a great job. They've got a couple podcasts. Go and check those out and listen to them. So with that being said, let's jump over to this interview with my buddy Aaron, and uh, we'll get into it. 
All right. Today's guest is my good friend, Aaron Swan. He just got back from his uh, trip to Kansas. They've been doing trips to Kansas, him and my other buddies, um, for the last, this is the third year. He's three for three. Um, you know, and the other, guy, other guys are getting opportunities as well. But today we're going to specifically talk about Aaron's experience there. Uh, I don't have any other guys on, obviously, so that is going to be today's goal. So, Swan, thanks for coming on, man. Yes, sir. So, I guess, you know, I don't know a ton about this story. Um, these guys get to go every year. I don't get to go because I'm doing other things. But next year, I'm hoping next year I'm going. Um, so, let's get into it. This year, you're going back to the same public land. And so, there's a group of 10 of you. Only five of you drew Kansas, right? Correct. Yep. So, I mean, the last two years, you guys all, the whole group drew tags, but this year Kansas was getting tougher, right? Yeah. We've kind of, you know, we started out with six guys going down there. We went to seven last year and then we, we added to 10 this year. And like you said, obviously only half of us drew, but it is, uh, from the, from the beginning, you know, this being our third year, it's definitely changed. We've seen more pressure, um, hunting's been different too we just we haven't hit it we went the same week virtually but we've hit it different times of the rut every time so far so you guys usually leave around the 10th of november isn't that right yeah between the 10th and 12th and then so you're usually there during michigan's gun opener through the 15th you're there for seven are you hunting for seven days um technically we got about nine days to hunt nine days yep and then two travels so it's a 10-day trip yeah okay with with 10 guys going because you guys get a Airbnb house, right? You guys look for a house. With 10 guys going, I mean, just break down, like, what a cost per guy would be for, you know, your tag, your food, your booze, you know, and in the house, basically, and gas. Um, You know, we've kind of stuck around with with just that outside of your equipment, you know, because that varies from each guy. Right. But uh, your tag for Kansas is right around 550 bucks, and we've had... I would say on average for food, booze, gas, we split that period, you know, all, we just put it all together at the end and split it down the middle, um, five to 600 bucks on top of that. And we, I mean, we eat good. We all bring a frozen meal enough to feed everybody every night. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, enough to buy breakfast and stuff like that. So yeah, you're talking, you know, a thousand to $1,200 at the most probably. Which is cheap. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, but the more guys you bring the better that cost gets too. I mean, kind of, cause you are feeding more people than too, but yeah. you can always bring deer meat or, you know, something down to put in a crock pot or something like that. So, yeah. I mean, we, that's what we do. You know, we have lasagna and tacos and, uh, we threw some stuff on the grill and we eat good. So, yep. Okay. So, I mean, that's cheap, like thousand to 1200 bucks. I mean, you can't really, I mean, any outfitter nowadays, if you want to go an outfitter, that's you know, that's at least 34, 3,500 bucks, you know, that's pretty cheap for an outfitter. Yeah. Um, and then a lease cost. I mean, the amount of land that you guys get to hunt, the lease cost would be stupid. Yeah. Well, and you know, you look at it as, I, I guess I look at it as a technically a vacation. It's a cheap vacation. You don't go anywhere's heck for a weekend anymore where you don't spend 500 to a thousand bucks for a couple people. So right. You know, if the tag wasn't so expensive, you're you're talking well under a thousand bucks to go to another place. But right, I mean, Ohio is what two hundred sixty. I think I paid two sixty two this year. So you take 
couple hundred bucks off that, you're just under a thousand bucks to go to Ohio. And that's only five hours away. So your gas is lower. You know what I mean? For us, I mean, we can get to some good spots in Ohio in five hours. Um, good public land too. Then your gas is a little cheaper. So then, you know, you're probably in that five to five to seven or 800 buck range there, you know? Yeah. And we, you know, we got, like I said, 10 guys, so we don't want to be cramped. We take four vehicles out there. So, you know, there's a little more gas there. We take a trailer, a couple boats and stuff like that. So you eliminate some of that. You're, I mean, you're less at that point too. Right. So, yep. So, okay. So you guys, five of you drew Kansas this year and then the other five didn't. So they decided to do Oklahoma. So new, new ground, like just over the border. Cause you're kind of in Southern Kansas. So it's what, 45 minute to an hour drive to Oklahoma where you're at. Yeah. Well, you can be in Oklahoma in a 15 minutes, but for, you know, kind of where those guys were hunting, they had three or four different parcels and yeah, anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour and a half virtually yep. for them four parcels they were hunting. I got you. Okay. So I want to stick close to like what you were doing. I, I'd like to have those other guys on eventually and just kind of bullshit and talk about their experiences because I know some of them had a rough experience. Some of them missed. Some of them hit deer, couldn't find them. Some didn't get opportunities. But it seemed like everybody, you know, had a decent trip. But uh, so let's get into this. You know, la the first year you went, there was virtually no pressure, right? Nothing. I mean, you know, compared to what we're used to in Michigan, when you drive by public ground, there's cars everywhere. And uh, no, I mean, we did. It's not that we didn't see anybody, but I would say few and far between. Yep. And we never, I mean, we never run into any issues of where we wanted to hunt people being there. Yep. So give me a recap on the first year as far as like what you guys killed, what the experience was like. Like, give me that, you know, shortened recap. Uh, well, last or the first year, I guess, you know, we went down and we had, um, six guys that went down there. We ended up leaving with four deer. Um, <clears throat> you know, I killed first day. Um, Austin, one of the guys, you know, obviously that went down with us, he killed second day. Two slammers I, too. Yeah. Two, two real good ones. Um, and then, uh, Eddie killed fourth or fifth day and Justin this was a good buck too mid yep, 130s yep Justin killed the fourth or fifth day as well and then you know that kind of wrapped that trip up but we like I said we after the first day or two we never seen another person period I really mean, it was just it was like we had it all to ourselves was that during the weekend like did you see more pressure coming in the weekend than rather than the the weekdays yeah for the most part um there there seems to be one general area that a lot of the, I guess I would say the locals and the, the other people come to, I mean, we've, we've just generally over the last three years, seen a lot more people in one concentrated area. And we've kind of started working away from that just because none of us want to deal with people at the end of the day. And we've, we've killed there every year up until mm -hmm. this year, but we just kind of strayed right away from it this year. Yeah. So you guys had good success the first year, not a lot of pressure. Second year, kind of give me the run cap re recap of second year. Second year was, it was good. You know, we didn't quite, we still got some, I mean, real good deer at the end of the day. I, I went down, you know, I killed my biggest buck first year of my life so far. So, um, <clears throat> but second year we hit the rut, like, I mean, head on, it was, it was deer, after deer after deer and you know we were seeing a lot we up until this year we have seen 
I would say five bucks to one dough would be my guess, really? you know, if I had to just throw out there a number. Um, but we ended up going six for seven last year. And, you know, obviously, as we know, the, the seventh guy had multiple opportunities. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think he, he could have like seven, seven arrows. Um, <laughs> we love you, Justin. <laughs> yeah. He gets good humor out of it. He's, he's good sport about it. But I mean, we, we did well. Uh, one guy killed first day. I think we had second day where, um, Justin had got a couple shots off. And then from there, you know, we had a double on the third day, a double on the fourth day. And then, I mean, that was virtually it. Then it was just kind of down to Justin for a few days, but. Seems like when that first blood gets drawn with your group of guys, like things start culminating. Like things start like rolling, the balls rolling, deer hitting the dirt. And it's like, okay, now we're feeling good. Let's get into this. Yeah. we that's what we talked about this year is like man you once the momentum starts it's like it's a train coming yep for sure but you know last year i guess the main thing was is we had went into it kind of being feeling like we were not new to it but we started going trying to go back to the spots that we had hunted originally because you know obviously we killed there we feel good about it and it seemed like everywhere we went to where we were normally gonna hunt or planned on hunting there was people which was obviously new to us. Well, we kind of go down for the first half week, and then by the weekend, that all dwindles out. And it, it, most of the people leave; they're all there the week before we're there. And uh, we ended up kind of venturing over to new territory and kind of more so, you know, open areas and concentrating on areas that I would say they're just harder to hunt in general. Yep. Um, but we had good success with it. So this year you go down, and like you said, you got there on what, a Wednesday? Was it a Wednesday or Thursday? Oh, Wednesday night. You got on there Wednesday night, and your plan was to hunt until the next Saturday, right? Yep. We so, were going to be leaving Saturday morning. Okay, so you kind of had probably a game plan. All, all you guys probably had a game plan, but you had a game plan because you know you drew Kansas for your, th- for your third time. You have a lay of this land. Were you like, I'm going to go back to the well. I'm going to see where I've had success before start there, see if anybody's hunting there and then kind of spread out from there. Or did you just want to like vacate that immediately and then just like look for new spots? That's, well, that's kind of the way I am too, is at one point I'm like, man, I really want to go back to where it all started. I killed my biggest buck there, but at the same point, I'm kind of like, there's a lot of uncharted territories that I haven't seen out there. So, um, I actually, you know, my dad went this year with us, so I wanted to push him maybe a little more towards an area that I knew there was deer. Mm-hmm. Um, little easier to get into because this was just completely new to him. I mean, he's never hunted public ground or out of state or any of that. So and uh, so I kind of pushed him towards that, and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to pick a couple spots. I did a lot of e-scouting, but um, pick a couple spots on the map and just jump out of the truck, go yep. for it, and see what happens. And that's you know, fun. maybe maybe a little bit further later into the week, I'll I'll venture back to some other spots. And you know, I I did hunt some of the I guess the same areas I hunted last year that I killed my buck in. Um, I did hunt that a couple times, but kind of on the opposite side of things. Yep. And so, yeah, just kind of drop me off and go with it. They're, right. We've we've seen deer everywhere out there, so something new. So getting into you know, the first day there, like you guys got there on a Wednesday night. Did you hunt the next day, Thursday? 
at all, or was it like, hey, I'm going to go walk around, find a spot, sit it, see what happens? Uh, Thursday morning, we kind of got in the truck and virtually just drove around looking. We did get out and scout a couple areas, walk around a little bit, threw a couple cameras out, um, and we ended up hunting Thursday night. But, you know, the main goal first thing Thursday was get out there right at daybreak and see if glass yeah see if the bucks are running the does like because i mean last year we had a lot of success of trying to find deer out you know not either locked up or chasing does and trying to find a way to get in in the spot and stalk on them yeah um so that was kind of the kind of the plan for this year i guess at that point and then like i said we were going to get in that afternoon so so the previous two years you guys made a summer trip out there too and put cameras out this year you guys didn't right Correct. Did that hurt you at all, you think? Or were you like, shit, I really want to know what's going on? Like, be able to check these cameras? or? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I would say, yeah, I, I think, period. It hurts you just because, you know, is that hot spot hot or not? Or in right. other times we pulled cameras and it was like, holy moly, there's a lot of human traffic. So I'm crossing that off the list. We've come to the conclusion that, you know, we had a couple run-ins this year with some big deer that human traffic down there just doesn't really mess with them. I mean, like they do here. It, yeah. It's a whole different ball game as far as that goes. So, but I do think it did hurt us a little bit. You know, we kind of went in a little blind. Um, last year when we went and did it, we knew that it was, they had had a drought. So we knew that early on coming in that there was spots that normally couldn't hunt that we could hunt where this year we didn't even know what they had had for rain. Right. And they actually had had a lot of rain. So it was, um, there was a lot of spots. There was one spot that in particular that we've hunted every year that there was no way you were even coming close to getting to it without a boat and a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that makes sense. So no cameras going in, just kind of feeling it out. Your first sit in, what did you do? Like what was your what what kind of area were you in? What happened? Uh first sit in was an area that we've all kind of talked about going in in the past. Um kind of butts up to some private and the private we've i mean are you are you far back are you did you go deep or was it not too far um it was it was probably it was about a half mile okay so um not crazy far but definitely far enough and almost to the middle of the section and this one was i say that because this one is virtually this whole section is virtually all hardwoods so when you start talking compared to walking through a field is a little different obviously um but it was, uh, I got back in there and got dropped off and them guys were going all the way to the opposite side of the, the property. And I got back in there and honestly, I just didn't like the spot. Really? So I set up, um, uh, I wasn't going to make them come back and get me. And I, I did end up seeing a couple deer and, uh, actually had a real cool experience with a bobcat come up a tree less than a hundred yards away from me and just stood there and kind of stared at me for 20 minutes. But, um, what didn't you like about the spot? Did you not find the sign you wanted to find? No, no. You know, it would just, I guess I always refer to it. It just didn't seem bucky to yep, me, yep. you know? So it was a pinch point going onto that private, but I just, I didn't like the setup. It just, everything is so thick out there where we're at that you're very limited with shots as it is, but you know, I just got in. It was one of those setups when I was walking in, I felt really good about it. And when I got set up, I'm like, I don't like it. Don't like it at all. But there wasn't much for sign. Um, and that's kind of something we run into. We've run into that. The sign 
out there just seems to be different than here. You'll f come to a spot where you do see some sign, but, you know, usually we got a lot of deer in Michigan at the mm -hmm. end of the day. So if you find good sign, you usually find sign. Mm -hmm. But um, out there, it's just so spread out. You don't see the amount of, I mean, you see a lot of big rubs, but they're spread out. You don't find little... Like no areas. rub lines, no right. like it's kind of hard to. Yep. Yeah, I get that. And we did, we did end up finding some later in the trip, um, and we found some good spots and never end up seeing any deer there. So, but no, it was just one of those spots you got in, and it, you know, it, it seemed like a good spot looking at it on the map, and then you get in there and it's just like ah. Eh. So this is a scenario that I run into as well, even around here. And it's, it's hard. I've talked about this in the, in a couple of previous podcasts, but it's like, even my Ohio deer, I, I refer back to that. Like I found a lot of scrapes before I found the road sign of like, you need to be right here before I'd be like, okay, there's enough sign here where I need to make a sit and nothing happens. You know, you just read it wrong or something. Why didn't you keep looking? Why did you feel like you needed to sit there? Like, cause I had that feeling too. Like after I found like the eighth scrape, when I'm looking, I'm like, man, this one looks pretty good. Actually, it's pretty, you know, opened up. And, but I was like, something was just telling me keep going. So like, did you feel like you had to sit because it was getting darker and I wanted to throw a sit in? Or was it like, I'm going to X nay the sit and just keep scouting to find something to ride the hole on for the rest of the week? Like, why didn't you make that call? Uh, well, I mean, obviously with not being around here, you know, we only got nine days of hunting out there. So right. I wanted to get a sit in period, you know, first day you're giddy about everything. Um, but at the same point, I felt like, man, I start going in and I almost feel like I, if there's deer there, I got to be jumping them. Like I'm going too yeah, far. Yeah. You're not even I'm, jumping deer. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm going too far at that point instead of coming in, I'd have been better off coming in from the other way at that point. Okay. And, um, and just like I said, just finding the, you, I adapted to that, that this year, you know, I love the perfect tree. I love the perfect tree. I love the shot opportunities. And, um, there wasn't that in this area, you know, mm -hmm. I had, I had some ridges I could sit up on and I could see deer, but it just didn't feel like it was an area where the deer were at much. And then on top of that, you know, I, I'm kind of come to the conclusion later on in the week, uh, a lot more people were hunting the outskirts of that. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's probably part of the reason that it was pretty slow over there. Gotcha. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I got you. That makes sense. I just try to always fight with myself of like, man, especially around here, like around Michigan, it's like we're walking on eggshells. So it's like you don't want to go too far. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like this is far enough. Like I'm, I feel like I'm close to that bedding. You know, maybe I shouldn't go any farther, but really – like I ha- it happened to me this year, right after I killed my Michigan deer, I went up to my family farm where you know, and set up in a tree. You guys were actually in Kansas. You were going out to Kansas, set up in a tree, and when I got up in the tree, I'm like, I need to be a little farther. But like when I was there, I'm like, I don't know if I can get a little farther. You know, set up. I'm like, I need to be farther. It kept telling me, I'm like, no, I'm gonna sit here. And I had a good deer come out, shooter come out at 80 yards, and if I would have been farther, would have had my opportunity maybe. So then it's like shit maybe i should just go a little farther screw up if it is a screw up and then learn from there you know so it's really hard to make that decision well it is and we run into that multiple times this year with multiple guys we talked about it. it's like you could go further but the chances of screwing it up seem a lot higher a lot higher high but, risk high reward kind of thing yeah but at the same point you know a couple of us are quite aggressive and i'm like why didn't I just go that little bit further? Right, right. You know, you're you're there for nine days. You screw up, you screw up. You're... Yep. And you got so much land. I mean, you got like over fifteen thousand acres of land to your disposal. Yeah. Like, you can just go to another spot. Right. You know, it's not like hunting your twenty here. You know. Yeah. So it's like, yep. yeah, I can totally get that. I just always fight with it and fig- I I want to know where your headspace was. Like, here nine. I get it. You're here nine days. Let's get a sit in. Might trip into a one fifty. You know, mm-hmm. or a one thirty. Doesn't matter. Or I might learn something like, hey, I probably shouldn't come back here. Right. Okay, so fast forward a little bit. When when did you see your first shooter from the stand? Like, how did that play out? Like, you were, you know, leaving that Thursday night where you just started bebopping around in the mornings and the evenings until you found, like, what you wanted to get into? Yeah, you know, the it's weird out there. You know, here in Michigan is, it seems like that first light, right at last light is where your good deer movement is Mm -hmm. out there. Um, at least personally, and we've talked about it multiple times is it's, it's like that first after that first half hour to an hour. And then you got like an hour window. It seems like all these deer appear. You don't see nothing right at daylight. Yep. And I like the fact of getting on the ground and trying to go after one. So the first couple days that was, you know, more or less the plan in the mornings, drive around, try to locate some, um, you find one, go after him. If not, get in a tree and sit the rest of the day or whatever. Get that mo- mid morning to all day yeah. movement there. Yep. yep. So, um, and we did get on a couple stalks. Uh, one first day, one of the new guys that come down with us, Caleb, he got on a stalk on a big one and heck, he actually closed the distance. He got within about 20 yards and didn't realize that they were in the pucker brush, bedded up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was a good deer, 150 inch. I mean, a good deer, and they were right underneath him, and he got a couple steps too far. They got his wind, and so, um, but as far as me goes, you know, I think it was, it was a second full day. Um, I got into the section where I killed, uh, 
the year prior and got set up and I had a deer come through and I mean, he was 59 yards. I come to full draw. Uh, he wouldn't stop on a doe on a doe. Yep. Yep. Come actually come across the road and come from the opposite way. I thought he was going to, he crossed the road and come up over in front of me instead of coming from my left. Like I thought he was going to come from the right. And, uh, you know, I was quite comfortable with that shot. I mean, I felt good when I drew back on him, but I just, I couldn't get him to stop. I think if he would have stopped, I honestly would have probably taken it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, that was my first day. Good nine point one forty to one forty five. Yep. Um, that's so a big nine. It's, it's, <laughs> that's a big, it's a big nine. nine. He was wide, pretty tall, pretty heavy. He yep. was, he was a good deer. Yeah. What so, day, what day into the trip was that? That would have been. I believe that would have been the second day. So that so you're into it now. Like you're yep. you got a spot where it's like, okay, they're rutting a little bit. Now coming into the next day, which would be Saturday, like, are you going back to that spot? Yep. I left everything, uh everything in the tree. Of course, you know something new to me this year again, which you know, me and you used to do it quite a long time ago. Um, I got back into the saddle hunting. Yep. A little easier for um running and gunning, I guess at the end of the day in my eyes just carrying a little less on me. So, um, I left my sticks and platform in the tree, went back there in there first thing the next morning. Uh, I had, I mean, before daylight, I had deer moving, running around me. I could hear a couple grunts. And then right after daylight, right, you know, when it started, should be prime time. I have a deer come out behind me and I have ever start blowing. And, uh, wasn't long after that i look over and through the brush there's a guy with a bow walking down through the middle of the bedding <laughs> all of it and it was like blow here and deer just run out behind me and then 20 yards later here come more and he walked the whole section um coming from the west to the east about 100 yards from me no no idea i was there and blew out the whole bedding area i had no idea what he was doing <laughs> jesus so um I I actually called Matt. He was he had a, he had an issue with some cough going on, so he didn't hunt that morning. COVID. <laughs> That's what I kept telling him. But um, so I called him. I says, "Hey, I'm gonna get down. If you're gonna be around, come grab me." And I'm no more and start getting down. And I start hearing this animal behind me is dying. And I'm like, "Man, dying? Yeah, I'm just screeching, just like a coyote call." And I'm I'm sitting there, and then I it gets louder and it gets louder. I mean, this is only. 60 to 70 yards behind me in the brush and I can't figure it out. And then I'm like sitting here and I'm like, this, this gotta be a coyote call. Come find out some guy set up in the section right behind me, 80 yards and started trying to coyote hunt in the brush too. Are you kidding me oh, right no. now? I no. it was Matt actually come up to pull up to me and seen him coming out of there with a rifle and a coyote call. And he had just happened to set up in the section. No idea why he was even there. I mean, what if he would have touched a shot off towards you? That's fucking freaky. I'd have had to go wipe, I think. <laughs> but it was kind of eerie, you know. I a coyote calls eerie as a, I mean, as in itself, let alone to have one right behind you. And you know, you're in Kansas, you don't know what the heck's out there at right. the end of the day. So, but then at that point, like I said, I've done enough coyote hunting that I realized what it was. And um, sure enough, it he had set up in there, so I had two guys in there. Jeez. So, uh, mission aborted. <laughs> <laughs> So then that's like back to square one. Like we got to figure out something different. Yep. So coming the next day, I mean, are you just trying a different part of the whole farm? I mean, like I said, you got thousands of acres or, I mean, you got to be e-scouting like a son of a bitch, like at yeah. night and stuff like that. 
Yeah, you know, and part of it I wanted to I wanted to get dad a deer, so part of the spots, you know, we got him set up in a couple spots and it was you know, is it better off setting me here? Is it let's try to push him into there? Um I struggled this year. I screwed my back up right before we went, so uh that next day I actually took off. I I couldn't sit in the stand after that morning. I took a morning and or that afternoon and a morning off and just virtually drove around did a little walking, getting into a couple pieces and, uh, checking them out. And we actually, you know, I, I picked dad up that morning. We went into a piece, which is the piece, like I said, that, uh, always tends to have a lot more people there Yep. and try to get him in over there. Cause the, you know, this was going to be, the weekend was going to be over here shortly and we were going to have guys are going to be gone. So we stick him in there and we ended up, uh, I told him, take his bow. He did not take his bow. We run into an absolute giant, and, of course, you know, he stands up. His doe takes off, and he stands up perfectly. Just, I mean, it makes me sick thinking about it. But Craig, uh, you didn't listen. 30, 30 yards. All he <laughs> oh knows, and he, he admits it. He learned something, you know, new to that. You know, yep, yep. no one wants to carry their bow through all that crap no. all the time. Especially and, if you're just going into scout. It's and, like not one of those things that you're like, I should take my bow. Yeah. You know? And at the, at that point, you know, if he would have had his bow or I, you know, I, at the end of the day when he didn't bring his bow, I got called out. I should have brought mine. But yeah, my you back was, brought yours. My <laughs> back was hurting. Um, I mean, I'm going to tell you this deer was in the 70s. I mean, it was just a giant. He stood up and he's 30 yards and he stood there f- for two minutes probably, which seemed like literally a half hour. Ugh. No idea we were there. No clue. Just couldn't figure out why his why doe his jumped, jumped up. up. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, his, when he stood up, his horns were like in these oak leaves right in front of him. And dad's got his binos and he's looking, he's like, oh my God, it's a good deer. So, you know, he's got him on a bino harness on his chest. So I'm like trying to pull him away from yeah, him. Get, give me and as soon as he does, he pulls away and like takes off to go after his doe. And I seen, like, I had no idea he was that big. So, wow. um, you know, it, that, uh. But that was it. Was kind of a momentum boost. He hadn't seen a deer like that so far I ever. Mean, he in his seen life. like no. that's a that's a once in a lifetime deer. You yeah, see it when he seen that one fifty that Caleb went after the first day. I mean, it was like we seen a couple good deer, but this deer was just this deer was a giant. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, so that was kind of like okay, they're here, you know. But they're he's in an area we walked around this deer within fifty to a hundred yards three different times before that, and he was just in one little bowl. Really? Laying there with a doe, and we were talking. We had no idea he was there. Um, so it just it goes to show, you know, kind of told him. A lot of guys push way back in, but as long as they know they're safe. I mean, he was right there. They'll in let like you walk by one you. of the probably the most used areas that I have seen out there. Mm-hmm. So, so did you think to push into there now? It's like okay, there's a hot doe in here. We got to strike right now while the iron's hot. Like, um, push in. Well, we, you know, I wanted to get dad in there that day, but it was getting to that point where it was like, we don't hardly have enough time to get a stand hung. He's going to go set his spot and then I'm going to go back to, uh, I'm going to drop them off. And like I said, I wasn't going to hunt that afternoon, but get him dropped off. And I said, get in here first thing tomorrow, get a stand hung and set it. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, at the end of the day, we never ended up setting them back there. There, really? was, there ended up being some pressure and. Um, but yeah, no. So the, the next couple sets, I, I did not sit, I was kind of nursing myself. I didn't want to, 
be to the point of where I couldn't sit the rest of the trip out there. So I've struggled with some back issues most of my life. So yeah. So then once once you kind of got your back back in tune, I mean you head back out and you know you're getting to the latter part of the trip now. It's like but there's some deer dying. Like Matt killed one. Um, some couple guys missed some. Um, one guy hit one. So like, I guess with that mental game around the crew, you know, it's like you got guys that are up, you got guys that are down, you got guys that are way down yep. because they're not seeing deer. Like, how do you keep like when you're with a group like that? How do you keep like straight and arrow on your own yourself? And it's like you're worrying about your dad too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if your dad wasn't there, you'd have to worry about yourself. But you want to get your dad a deer. So like, how do you keep that mental game when you got like all different mindsets in the house now it's like you're a big brother house like oh. <laughs> you know what i mean it do it's it's crazy you say that because it's it does it's like you know a bunch of grown men turn into a bunch of babies there's like high <laughs> and lows there's so much emotion going on right now um you're irritable <laughs> yeah it is and and that was my goals i really wanted dad to kill one honestly i've been at the end of the day yeah i'm going out there to kill a deer that's yep. that's my goal but my true goal was to get him a deer while we were out there and unfortunately it didn't happen um he learned a lot that that's the biggest thing is it's it is new period so well you only can take somebody so far too they yeah. gotta they gotta want to learn it and yep. learn it themselves too and which he did like he did. your dad's a smart guy he's he's he, a good hunter so it's like you know but you had some other new guys out there that have only hunted one piece of ground in michigan their whole life so it's like and what i tell those people is like when you go out of state for the first time if you're from i'm just gonna say from michigan where we're at forget all that forget what you learned for the last your whole life still have it in your head yep but you're gonna learn so much at an at a at a rapid pace, and in nine days, you're gonna learn so much. You know what I mean? And don't get stuck into a rut of like comfort. Yeah. Get out of your comfort zone. It's a whole different ball game. It, the hunting's completely different. What you do here, I mean, a hunter is a hunter. They know what to do at this at the end of the day if you're good at it. Um, but you kind of throw what we know, what we're used to, out the door. Mm-hmm. It's a whole. It's a whole yep. different whole different thing um so yeah no we got to that point and it was just like man there was it was matt finally got on a good deer killed him um you know we jumped him that night we ended up going back in finding him and it kind of got that momentum it's like okay you know we had seen we had seen a lot of decent deer but the rut just wasn't like we had seen in the last couple years so our biggest thing was is we were finding um there was still some rut activity but the ridges we could get into, the ridges seemed to be the hot areas. Mm-hmm. Um, the oak ridges, there were a lot of them in there trying Oaks, to get. Oaks, were the acorns dropping like crazy? Big time, okay. yep. So the next couple of days, that's virtually where a couple of us got in and hunted. And, you know, to get into those is pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I boated in. Um, Austin went in from another way, but it's it's a hike. And the ridges are steep. They're tough to hunt. It, I mean, you kind of got to mentally prepare yourself to go in right. there and get in. And we were seeing deer. Um, I ended up coming to full draw on another one. Um, but it just wasn't. It was like one day it was hot, the next day there was nothing. So, uh, And that screws with you too. Yeah. It's like you get a hot day and you're like, man, this is I'm in it now. And yep. then you get like you see no deer and you're like, well, shit, now you're just playing head games with me. Yep. Well, and we both, we both got that point where it was like it's hot. We sat there for a couple of days. I pulled down, moved 75 yards to the north, 
two ridges over just because that's where I was seeing them. Set up my stuff, went in there that afternoon, and don't see nothing. Mm -hmm. You pull it, you don't pull it. Um, Right. And we ended up both pulling out of there. uh, And actually, you know, Austin ended up going back in and killing in there a couple days later. But we both pulled out of there because it's like you're – you only got so much time. Right. And at this point, you know, we've – I went from killing the first day, the first year, to killing the fourth day last year, and now we're we're five coming up on five the latter days, part. five six days in, yeah. and it's like okay, we only got a couple more days to yeah. really get this done. So it then how's then that mental mind, game work? Pressure starting to mount because you're putting pressure on yourself a lot. You yeah. don't want to go home with a tag, Sammy. Yeah, you know. So yep. it's like like how how. But also you have to keep your wits about you of like, don't just go blazing through the timber. You no. know what I mean? You still got to have, you want it to happen quick, but you got to slow down a little bit. To me, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Well, and that's what, that, I mean, that's virtually exactly it too. It's like, you know, we know we got a couple good spots that there's possibilities, but um, it there's not a lot of time. So I did get a little bit of, you know, like I said, I was wanting to get dad on. Being a little and, bitch. Uh, kind of i i uh i got myself a little mentally worked up on a couple of them but then you know not on on top of all that we had uh 77 degrees come in on top of all that that's another freaking variable so you get to that point finally you know i was like okay i'm gonna go way back in which is where i killed my first buck and i over the years, I mean, the two years we've been there, we've had cameras back there. There was a guy hunting it last year, but I had a camera back there the whole trip. And it's one of those spots that if the rut's kicking at all, you put two days in, you're going to kill a deer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's guaranteed at, at this point so far from what we've noticed. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going in. Me and Austin pulled out of the, the Oak Ridges and headed in there, and sure enough, did there's you go back to the same tree you killed in? Uh, well, I went to, and we go to pull in there, and there's a boat there. Okay. And there's a guy hunting it. So we both went to different spots, um, and which neither of which worked out for either of us. He found a nice area, but uh, didn't see nothing. And I, I, one of those another spots where I walked and I walked and I walked, walked all the way to private up and over three or four ridges. And I ended up sitting, literally, I got so frustrated and I was so tired that I sit in a pine tree where my platform for my saddle was uh, so close to the ground, I leaned my bag on it. I mean, I just, it was the only spot that was good where I could get into a pinch. And it, I mean, I didn't end up seeing a deer, um, but, you know, not, it was just too hot. Yep. So, uh you know, then you're kind of in that realm of this is where the couple people that are still here, we got two or three spots that, you know, are in the back of your head. Flip well, a coin. And, I, and I've been to this point, too, and on trips where it's like you got a day or two left. You're in a spot where it's got some sign. It's warm. Then you have the mental game of do I just ride the hole here? Or do I just keep looking? Like, you know what I mean? So then you're fighting with yourself that way, and it's like, ugh, you know, it's tough. It's it a tough is. mental grind. Yep. And that's I, – I told him, guys, I was like, man, I, I went from first day to the middle. I've not been down to the end here so far. I And not to mention, like, between the hot, my back, and all the other stuff, I'm in shambles. Like, <laughs> I'm beat you're up. You're a gong I'm, show. <laughs> I'm, I am tired. I'm beat up, and I'm like – 
just to that point where I'm almost over it, but I know I've only got a couple of days and I'm And you not, came here to hunt. Yeah. Why I'm, not ride it? I'm not about to not grind it out. So, um, and it was a, a kind of a momentum booster, actually, kind of the day we started feeling that, Austin went back over to the Oaks, got in there, and uh, he killed a big frame deer. Um, broke up, but he killed him at like 3 o'clock, and, you know, seeing that was like, okay. Yep. We got a little we got yep. a little momentum again. So that kind of got it going, and then um, we had, Austin had put a couple cell cams out, and I had a couple cams, and we kind of checked those and was just virtually like, you know. Was gonna, anything coming on those cameras at all? The cell cams that Austin had out were he had had one on a pinch on a, a spot we actually had put a camera at last year, um, and that was blowing up. I mean, really? it, and it was bucks, and I mean, good bucks. You sent me that video of that one deer. The one video that of that, yeah. And we actually almost, when we was going to get Matt's deer that night, we missed that deer with the truck by probably two foot, like skidding across er, 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 er. <laughs> and and then it actually didn't we passed him and it run out in front of cole and cole almost hit him um but we seen him going in that section he's like in the 80s like 70s or 80s type deer. i would say probably minimum 80s yeah deer mainframe 12 split two yeah, um insane deer just hit him with the truck throw the tag on it i i think actually i think that if either of them could do it now they would 100 percent have not have slowed down uh but that spot was blowing up and it was you know it's a spot that there's actually surprisingly it you kind of look at it two different ways there was a lot of locals hunting that area and you know at first it was like well there's a lot of pressure but then it's like okay there's all these locals are hunting it for a reason mm-hmm but they're all going in off this one side, and, I mean, the locals will even tell you. They don't go deep. They just right. they, they don't do it. So this spot that Austin had had this camera, he did have one guy on it come back through there. He didn't have a stand. He had a bow. I, I don't know if he was a ground and pound or he has a stand back in there somewhere. Um, but we did have it on there one day, a uh, pitcher. And uh, there was a, a lot better way to, to get in there. And it was by a boat. So, you know, it was virtually it come down to uh, last day. And I was talking with Austin. Actually, I was in there the second to last day. I told Austin, like, I'm thinking about pulling out of here because that morning he was texting me. I was going to do an all-day sit where Matt, virtually area Matt, killed his buck. And he sent me, he had five bucks in there the second to last morning. And in the daylight. And he's like, should I, you know, should I go now or should I wait? Like, well, let's just see what the camera does today and plan on getting in there first thing in the morning. So, um, obviously that night I got the boat around, charged a battery all up for the trolling motor and got everything in. And it was just like, you know what? Hail Mary. This is your last day. Yep. Go in and, uh. What time did you get it set up in the morning? I got in, I Dock the boat virtually, like, I mean, just breaking day. Yep. Um, this, so you're going in kind of that gray light. Yeah. It was, it's intimidating, man. I, this ground is, I'll be the first to say I'm not a great swimmer. I keep my head above water. But when you pack all your stuff into a boat and you go into an area where the boat itself, the boat ride itself was 0.87 miles back in and it's weaving. And, you know, I got 
lights and stuff on the boat, but I started getting back in there and it's ridges on both sides of you. So you can't see nothing. And I don't care who you are. I'm not afraid of the dark, but it's intimidating. Yeah. So get it's going an and feeling. I'm, yeah. And I'm weaving in and out. And this one's one of the ones where it's like, there's downfalls. So I'm weaving in and out of downfalls. They're hitting the bottom of the boat. And it's just like, what am I doing? You know, is this really, is it really worth it? Yeah. So I get to the spot where I'm getting close. I can see the bend coming up and I see it looks like beavers have dammed it up. So I start trying to weave in and out. And next thing you know, I hit a log and <laughs> like literally get high centered on a log in the middle of the river really? with my, all my gear. And I'm sitting there. You're by the yourself? Dark. Yep. All by myself. You know, <laughs> that guy right now. And I mean, it threw me when the motor hit it. So I get up and I'm like kind of wobbling back and forth on the boat, trying to push myself back off. I got the old trolling motor in reverse, just wide open. And, uh, I finally got off that and I'm like, I guess I stop here. So at that point I got, you know, there another four or 500 yards to walk down around the bend to that pinch point. And, uh, I virtually got to, which is kind of what I wanted to do, um, setting up and down there is just too dang hard in the dark. So I got to the end of that, right at that pinch, like right at daylight Mm -hmm. gray. I mean, almost just beyond gray light. Did you kick any deer out when you're going in? Uh, The whole way back. Really? Just kicking deer everywhere? I think they bet on top of them ridges where they can see that water. But yeah, the whole way back, I could hear them taking off. And uh, so I knew, you know, I knew I was in an area, but at that point it's like, all right, well, I mean, even I had the trolling motor down on three. You you couldn't hardly hear me, but they obviously could see me. Mm-hmm. So you yep. know, do you do you did you spook everything? Ended up, I got there, found a tree right away, uh, got up tree, and by the time I got all set up, it was an hour and four minutes back there, one point one miles from the boat launch. Um, and you walked back a mile and a half. Well, took the boat back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Point eight yep, seven yep, miles, yep, and yep. then, yeah, walked the rest of the way. Got all set up, and, I mean, as soon as I got in, just before I got in the tree, I walked by kind of down the ridge line right before the the pinch comes to, there was a scrape right under the tree I was going to set at. And uh, there was a, um, the scrape hadn't been used in a day or two, so I, I kicked the leaves around, put some 200 proof on there, and no more than that, I, I hadn't even knocked an arrow yet. I hear something coming down the edge of the water and so you're comes. you're you're in a pinch where the water it's the, there's a pinch between you and the water right so all these deer are funneling down through the edge of the water right yep yeah the, yeah that water comes down it'd be virtually way i was facing i'm facing straight west on the north side of this water um to give you a visual and then on the right side of me is a ridge it's about 15 to 18 foot up and on the left side of me i got ridges that run uh, north and south. So virtually the mouth of those ridges all work right down to this yep. point too. So, and, and those, you're right at, you're right at the, like the, like the, 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 the narrowest point of the yep. pinch. Okay. Yep. And this pinch is probably, oh, I would say runs east and west, probably 80 yards. Okay. It's probably, well, um, I ended up finding this out the hard way, but it's, it's 30 yards across. And then, um, these ridges on the, to the south of me are probably 30 to 40 foot up. They're mm-hmm. big, they're big ridges. Yep. Um, but as soon as I get set up, like I said, uh, I heard something coming. It was, it was cold, uh, 28 degrees. I think it was frosty. Everything was crunchy. 
And I look up and here comes, I could see a deer end up being a button buck. He come running right down, bark, bark, yep. uh, right to that mock scrape. <clears throat> comes down, checks it out, didn't find anything, obviously took off. So at that point, it's just, you know. Matter of time now. Yeah. I sit there and I, I honestly sit there and I. You're going to sit all day, right? Because this is the last day. Yep. Um, kind of sitting there wondering you know it's kind of weird because they got the cell cam and this is on not only is it on video and pictures but i'm like they're watching everything i do this is still up behind me so oh they can see you you well they can see the whole pinch so anything that virtually comes out there oh they can see it awesome can see it on his phone that's like hopefully uh you know hopefully they see one running away with a nocturnal going through (laughs) it or something but then I'm, you know, it was just, I mean, it was the perfect morning. It got in, it was the first sit that I got in, and I'm just like, it's going to happen. This feels right. Yep. Last day, it's something's going to die, period. I mean, it just, it's what. Could be a four corn. Yep. But some last yep. chili buck. <laughs> <laughs> but then at the same point, you know, you know that there was two days ago, probably the biggest buck I'd ever seen in my life, If I mean, if he was to come through. So the anticipation was through the roof um but yeah we sit there or i sit there i guess and uh i didn't really see a whole lot for a little bit i did i could hear him moving through the ridges a couple times and the sun come up to the kind of the back behind me to out of the east there and that's where most of them deer that he was getting were coming from so i kept looking back and i i couldn't see nothing so if it was if it was going to be there it was going to show up right below me um i did have a couple does work down the one ridge and then I had text Austin um, asking him, you know, what time those pitchers were coming through, and he's virtually like nine o'clocks the nine o'clocks the hour. So, um, I mean, almost to the second nine o'clock, I look up and right across the ridge coming from me, kind of in the valley where it opens up right to me, uh, I see a deer coming. Sure enough, it's it's a good buck, and it was one he had on camera. Ended up being a real good eight point probably mid to high 130s mm-hmm. um and he's coming i mean that it's going to bottleneck right down in front of me most of these deer when they were coming out of them at least on his camera were heading and they were heading straight to the west which would put him you know anywhere from if he went on the one side of the river 30 yards to less than 10 yards from right him. in front of you yep so and when I got up there, I didn't want to make much noise. So anything to virtually to the east of me, I did not really trim a lane or anything like that just so I could get a shot. Um, so it was going to be brushy if anything happened. And sure enough, he come out of those ridges. When he comes out, he's at 30 yards and he looks to the left or his left, which is, you know, going to be right towards me. And he whirls and goes the other way. And I'm like, I already have my bow in my hand. And this deer has got I me mean, as a mainframe mate. Nice tying length, but he's got one brow that's like 10 inches or so. Really? I mean, he's just, just a cool-looking deer. So I come to full draw, and, of course, like I said, it's it's fairly thick through there. And he stops, gives me just a minute, and takes off walking, and I have a shot at him, and I uh, grunted at him again and stopped him. I arranged him with the Garmin. You know, I got the same Garmin sight you do. Yep. And 27 yards put it on him i mean it was just i'm like all right let her eat and my i hear like a crack in my arrow i missed this deer by probably eight foot (laughs) i mean mind you he's in a bottom and he come out of them ridges so there's hills right behind him 
I missed this deer probably by, I would say, three to four foot left and probably three to four foot high. And wow. I'm like, I'm, I'm tore up. Like, I, I honestly, that's probably the closest I've ever come to puking in a stand. Like, I literally thought I was going <laughs> to, oh I wanted to cry. I mean. He runs off, I'm guessing. Yep. Last day, he runs back up them same, that valley of them same ridges, and he gets up there. And, you know, initial thought is, I can't believe I just did that. But I see him up there, and I saw I reached out my bag real quick, and I grabbed the can call. I hit that a couple of times, and then I hit the grunt a couple of times, just seeing, you know. Yep. Just to more or less make him think maybe he there was another deer. Mm-hmm. He had no idea what it was. He just heard it. And uh, he works up over that ridge, and I'm just like, my, my head, I found my head going down. And then I started looking, and I'm like, I have no idea how I just missed a deer i mean i've missed a deer in my life but never by that bad that well and i look and just so happens right in front of me there's probably a half inch diameter twig and it's dangling moving back and forth and i, I virtually cut it right in half <laughs> no idea it was there and it was kind of like sigh of relief because i can't now i mean like, if i would have missed that on or, if i would have yeah. missed that deer by that bad i probably would quit hunting honestly yeah. <laughs> Justin, um, we had a, we had an incident like that last year, but no, it, it, uh, I found out that I did that. So it was, I mean, you know, at that point it's like, it's still, your bow is probably still gets dialed. to you. Yeah, I think just, my yeah. bow is still on. And so, um, I had hit those calls and I mean, it wasn't, well, it was about 10 minutes. I happened to look over and, uh, I actually had text the guys and let them know, you know, I just screwed up, hit a branch. And, uh, at this point, I think my, my Kansas trip's done and look what time of, the, time, time of the day is this nine o'clock on oh, the that's dot right. was nine when o'clock. I missed yep. the first yep. one. And then like I said, about nine ten, nine twelve, I look over and coming across the ridge, a couple ridges behind me across the edge of it. I look over and I see a deer stand there. And like I said, he was all posed up. I was telling you this earlier, um, kind of nose in the air. And I mean, it was just, it was like majestic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you could, it was cold. You could see the steam coming off his body. You could see him breathing. And I knew he was a wide deer and the sun was beating on him. And, uh, he steps out, I grab my binos and he's at about 50 at this point. And I realize he don't have brows. Looks like he started them. And, and I mean, it was not a hundred percent what I, you know, truly wanted, but as a last day, I'm like, man, this last day it's, a, it's a good deer. Yeah. And I look on the next ridge to the right and here comes one coming up that ridge at the one left on. And, uh, this is a good deer, but he's skirting me and he's, I mean, he's on a mission. He, he had his nose to the ground. Um, so at that point I'm like looking at that other buck and I'm like, if he comes in and he crosses that crick, like I'm going to put a threshold on it. If he crosses the crick, that puts him at like twelve yards. Like <laughs> this is last day. I'm not going home he with the tag the sandwich. <laughs> if if he does this, this this is gonna be uh this is it. I'm making my mind up now. If he stays on that side of the creek, he's safe. If he comes on this side of the creek, he's going back to Michigan with me. And uh sure enough, he comes right down to that same spot where that first eight had come out and he kinda looks both ways and puts his nose in the air and he must have smelt that two hundred proof and he comes, I mean, on a V-line, he gets to that crick and I'm just like waiting for him. Like, you know, is he going to cross this crick or so I got my hand on my bow. It's still on the hanger. And I just literally remember sitting there like, don't do it, little buddy. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. And sure enough, he crosses that crick and I'm like, all right, yep. 
Here we go. You, uh, you done did it. So I picked the bow up and, you know, he kind of come out, did a little circle behind me and he got, he definitely got a nose full of that scrape and he started heading right for it, which was virtually right in front of me. And, uh, he come down to six yards and I come to full draw and he stopped right before the scrape and let her go. Missed him by eight foot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 he, uh, he, I wish I would have, you know, obviously missed him and hit the bigger, bigger one. But I mean, I was jacked Yeah, when I hit him. I, I mean, I knew Complete I smoked pass him. Through. Uh, no, she ended up going through and I went in, obviously, like I said, I was, I was probably 15 foot in the tree. He was at six yards. So I went in up virtually up top. Yep. I ended up taking both lungs, cut the whole top of the heart off and buried it in his shoulder, mm-hmm. shattered his shoulder. Yep. I mean, it was, um, but I mean, on impact, as soon as I hit him, I mean, just blood everywhere. everywhere. And, uh, he had to run across that creek and he run up into those ridges and I, I was sitting in the stand, I looking in that water, I could see the blood actually running down That's the water. Cool. And I'm like that, I heard him crash. I, I mean, I heard a crash. I thought it was him. Um, so of course now at this point, then it's like, okay, I'm a mile ish back in here. Need some help. Yep. Hopefully the guys are really, really genuine <laughs> friends. <laughs> so I, I text Austin. I'm like, you know, what's your guys' status? And uh, he's, you know, did, you, did he get you, a picture of it? One? No, they all come out like probably 10 yards to the west of where his camera was. Yep. We we went back through that camera and he actually had videos of him did he? Um, earlier and pictures of the one that I missed. And uh, so they come back and, you know, at that point I had already went out. I tracked him. Got back there. I'm. My Did you dip. find him? Yeah, I tracked him. I had great blood, and I get to this little pinch point, and there's water between these two ridges, and the blood just stops. And I mean, I'm like walking blood for yep. 75, 80 yards. And at that point, I'm like, man, what the heck happens? I see tracks going up the ridge on both sides, so I'm just kind of scanning. I was like, oh, I walked up on the left ridge, got up there, and I got my binos out, and I scan, and I scan, nothing. Get up on the right ridge, I scan, and I'm like, I get to that point and I just like put my hands on my hips and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And I look down to my right and I see a deer's body floating in the water. No kidding. And at this point he's, I mean, I, I think I sent you a picture of it, but he's, he's floating and his horns are buried at that point. And I'm like, what's the chances that that's, it's gotta be my deer. Right. And I look down at the other end and I can see like foamy stuff in the water and it's covered in blood. And I'm like, okay, that's him. So. I go down there and I like look at it and I'm, I mean, he's in three foot water. So I'm like trying to inch my way out there just enough to grab a log and I almost start slipping. So I reach back and of course the first thing I grab is a big old thorn. Oh yeah. And been there. Yeah. So I got him out and I virtually just got him to the edge cause he had to go straight up the ridge and waited for those guys. And, uh, they ended up coming back and. So what was your initial thought when you pulled him out of the water and saw him like close up? The crazy part was I grabbed his back leg and I, I still couldn't tell he had horns. Like he was, when he went That's in, small, the, huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only thing that I can think is he either, he went across, I finally found blood and he must've been walking low on that ridge. And I don't know if he died and fell in or yep. if he, you know, he just dove in and, but his horns were buried in all the seaweed and muck. Oh, I gotcha. mean, it was, it was nasty. I stunk, filled my rubber boot with water. Um, 
But when I got him out, I mean, I knew I had seen him for long enough to know he was wide, Mm -hmm. um, which I didn't know once I pulled him out made me feel, I guess, a little better is he did have brows, but he had broke both of them off. Oh, really? So Um, he was a eight. Yep. So he ended up being about 18 inside, um, decent mass. He was still a young deer. I mean, at the end of the day, for what we had been seeing out there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. Maybe two and a half. I I got teeth. I'm going to get him aged. Um, he's a cool looking deer though. I mean, shit for, I don't know if you put a tape on him or nothing, but like, even if he was a six point, he's a good six point, you yeah. know? Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, we got him out, got pictures of him. He, he looked pretty rough from being down there in the muck and, uh, we ended up having about a 600 yard drag back to the boat and then got to boat him back out, you know, that yep. little bit of the, that mile out and, uh, no tag sandwich. Perfect. I mean, it, like I said, it was compared to some of the deer that were in there. And if I wouldn't have messed up, I would have had potentially my second or third biggest deer. Mm-hmm. Um, but hindsight's twenty twenty. I, you know, I don't care what anybody says. It's I was I was still jacked to leave with that deer. So Hell yeah, man! Congrats, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good. You know, what's the plan for next year? Going to go back? Try to go back to Kansas? Try a different state? Like, what are you thinking? I don't know, you know, I because wherever you're going, I'm going with you. The guys, <laughs> the guys that uh, went to Oklahoma didn't have. The, I can't say they didn't have a good experience because, at the end of the day, four out of five of them got a shot, but they dealt with a lot of pressure. They seen a lot of little deer. Um, Pat, one of the new guys that went to Oklahoma, there he uh, he got a shot at his biggest deer of his life. I mean, yep. So they're they're there, but yeah, I mean Kansas. This I'm three for three, so it holds a special place in my heart. I right. mean, I'd I'd like to go again for sure. Um, and you know, I got into some new places once again. I've it's taken three years, but I've covered a lot of the areas that I've been curious about mm-hmm. from day one. So, um, yeah, I feel like we've had a got a good grasp on it. I wouldn't change the dates we go. I wouldn't change anything. We've you know, we didn't hit the rut like we did this year. I think it was early across the board everywhere. Yep. I mean, um, but yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to get back out there again. I well, I'm go going next year. Four. So it's yeah. a grind. I'm ready for it. I've never done public land, so I want to do it. You know, it, it is, it's a, it's a whole different thing. You know, we've both talked about it numerous times, been fortunate enough to have private ground and d- dad got to experience a little bit of that. You know, there, there's guys there, but I don't know. They're lazy. And, you know, dad, we, a couple of the guys, two of them that went to Kansas were new guys this year. And dad being one, he, he don't like heights. Mm-hmm. Um, Caleb being the other one, he don't like heights. And it's, I think, you know, you, you don't have to be high, but you got to grind it out. Both those guys have both grown up like us. Dad grew up on the farm. He's hunted the same stand, the same rifle yep. blind. Caleb hunts bait hunters growing up, you know, yep. He's hunted virtually their stands. Don't leave the trees unless you're going to fall off them. Exactly. And they hunt field edges. So he had a whole new ball game getting in into this thick stuff. And, but I think they both realize you just, I mean, if there's deer pictures there, you got to go persistence. And I'll be the first to say getting climbing back in that whole boat ride back into that one spot. I don't know why, but man, I was like sweaty palmed, worked up and course you know we laugh the the place we're at there was a last year there was a seven foot alligator gar pike caught in one of those rivers really 190 pounds and i'm like that thing would eat my ass like <laughs> i mean 
So, but no, I mean, if you, once you push through that though, and you actually make it, you know, cause two of my bucks have been both over a mile back in on right. boat and when you come out of it, the satisfaction, whether it been my biggest buck the first year or, you know, at the end of the day, a six point this year that was, mm -hmm. I was freaking tickled pink with. Um, that's awesome. It's like, man, well, that's what you go out there to do, man. I mean, yeah, you want to kill the biggest deer in the, in the area, but you're going out there to have an experience and kill a buck. Yeah. You know, and if that buck makes you happy, kill that damn thing. Yep. You know, I don't care. I don't care who you are. People, you know, you come back and people are like, why'd they kill that thing out there? Who gives a shit? Yeah. You weren't what? out there. You've never done it. So well, in the frame on it, I mean, it, it's got a good frame. It's yeah. bigger than most people would ever kill here. It's not what a local would probably kill down there, but it was it was a good deer. And I'm, I mean, it'll go on the wall. I'm I'm happy with him. When oh, we yeah. ended up going three for five, you know, we're better than fifty percent every year we've been out there. Um, but there's a lot of guys that we talked to out there. There was a group of like six guys. They killed one deer in oh, really twelve days. I mean. But we grinded it out. That's it's been uh, it's awesome. That's a good deal, man. Well, thank you for coming on and doing this. I actually just texted you this morning and said, "Let's do this." So yeah, yeah, not a problem. It's, yeah, definitely. Give me something to do for the morning. So. There you go. Now that you're a deadbeat, not working this week. <laughs> hey, I'm easing back into work life. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations, man. And I guess we're gonna sign off here. Uh, thank you for Aaron come back coming on and and bullshitting with me. I just want to remind everybody to go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and leave a written review. Hopefully, everybody's Thanksgiving weekend and holiday weekend was awesome. And uh, don't forget, we'll be right here next week on the Fall Podcast.